Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are discussing chapters 21 through 26 of The Lost Metal by Brandon Sanderson, the fourth book of Mistborn Era 2, wherein Wayne and Marisai get to where they were going. They they set up their whole sting, and it seems like maybe it's going to go okay. And then their sting gets stung, and uh, things devolve rapidly into a multi-chapter firefight, more or less, which is, I believe, the majority of these chapters. And then in the end, we end up at uh, at the local constabulatory station here in Bilming, and uh, things go potentially from bad to worse. So basically, uh, things didn't go super well. We also meet uh, a couple of new Alamancers on the bad guy side, hoping for everyone's sake, that they get more personality than the guys that annoy Dak in every book where the two guys were <laughs> show up and they're just like nameless mooks or whatever and they die. But I am Data and with me is Joe, Jamie, and Dak. Swing on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. It's funny. That was literally my first thought when we meet the the two Alamancers in this chapter was like, man, hopefully uh, these will work out better than the previous goons that Dax always annoyed by. So they uh, certainly I, sound like they have more personality. Yeah, at least one of them definitely seems like they have more personality at this point. But uh, so, yeah. What did you guys think of these six chapters? Always good to have some action. Yeah. Uh, you know, I also like a lot of good yummy secret stories time so we didn't get really any of that this time but we got a lot of it last time so i guess you know it's only fair right but no plenty of good action stuff here wax shows up makes his hero moment very cool kind of bummed the the guy he was chasing got away and then uh we kind of have the the principal's office moment at the end which was kind of kind of meh but uh no overall a good action scene we got different perspectives from each person during the fight. I thought that was really great because we got to see the fight from three different per- perspectives, although the third perspective was away from the main battle, but that's that's fine. Really, uh, you know, as as much as they joke about it in world, I really like the uh, the female version of Wayne. I thought that was kind of fun in my head while I was reading it. I, I was just thinking if. If I was reading this as Dak, I'd be like, oh, no, God, now there's two of them. But at least <laughs> at, at, at least at least one of them is supposed to be a bad guy. So, yeah, it'd be funny if like somehow she she actually instead of stealing things and, and trading them out, she just like gives people things, uh, even though she's <laughs> evil. Like she just leaves presents for them. She's like, hey, here you go. Uh, like, that would be, be kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but yeah, no, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. I, my first reaction was, uh, I think, to her was more like, okay, she's kind of creepy. Just how, how like, w- yes. when she starts trying she's to get Wayne's accent, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, this is weird. Like, this is weirder than usual. But 
but I like your take on it uh, also, where you're just like, you know, what? this this could be fun. This could be an opportunity for some uh, for some fun things. Yeah, no, I get what you mean, though. She's kind of got that crazy vibe, like I'm going to eat you <laughs> like I'm going to and not like in the Condra way, like I'm going to, you know, feast on your bones because I'm crazy way like the Hannibal Lecter way. Sure, sure. She's trying to become Wayne. She can only do that by consuming him. Yeah, specifically his heart. She's got to eat yeah. his heart. It's tasty, tasty courage. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to eat that mummy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I thought these chapters were really good. I I liked that they were uh, sort of, sh- well, they felt a lot shorter. I don't know if they really were shorter, but there was just so much going on in them, which was which was awesome. I I thoroughly enjoyed Wayne's interactions with Hoyd and then also our copycat stranger. It's like, see, Wayne, it is annoying when <laughs> people are trying to do this to you. <laughs> um, but I I thought it was it was very clever. As soon as Hoyd starts challenging him on swapping things out, I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is good. We needed someone to have this conversation at some point. It was strange interacting with Hoyt a little bit more as well. And I mean, a couple of times he shows up in these in these chapters. But yes, I thought the battle was really cool. I thought it was very cinematic how Wax turned up um, at the end. That was that was very very cool. And I'm uh, intrigued by these extra powers. I'm adding up how many powers this guy has, and I'm going, I don't know that you're hemallergic. I, I think I'm onto something with the Mistborn thing and then the Duralumin turning up and yeah, we'll see we'll see how things go there. But I'm very excited to see how things go coming out of it. I definitely want to dive in and read the next chapters now. Yeah, I guess yeah, it does open the door to but no, I like I like what you said about Hoyt. It's not often that we get like to sit down and have sort of a conversation with Hoyt, even if it's a weird one like this one where I also like I don't know that we've ever seen anyone go, you know what, Wayne, I accept that trade. So that's new. Yeah, correct. It's like, oh, we'll go through the reasoning. <laughs> and yeah, okay, that's fair. That's fine. Uh, see that it, it, you need to incorporate this into your process, Wayne. Like there should be a sign off on trades. That's a thing. Yeah. So the action in this, in this section was a lot of fun. Really loved the creative use of powers. Duralumin has made a comeback, which is interesting. And also, all right. Yeah. If he's hemo, if the, I, I agree with Jamie, I'm not so sure he's hemallergic that because like how do you find someone who has that power mm-hmm. because that's one of those you know if you're not a mistborn you don't have other powers that's a useless power to have so how do you find someone to spike them and take it so i think that's just got to, that's like maybe this guy is another mistborn but yeah like just the action in general was was really so much fun the the brief snatch of marisai watching wayne fighting like his doppelganger in the speed bubbles like that was a terrifying image really just like because we never really see it from the outside much Mm -hmm. so that was that was really cool to see as far as she goes like she's interesting to me like my immediate thought was just like oh no he just got dumped by milan he's not going to try and pick this lady up is he (laughs) but i don't i don't think so i think it's i think it's a nice way to have um wayne confronted with you know, some of the some of the negative parts of his personality and come to terms with them, but we'll see we'll we'll see where this all pans out. I've got predictions around her. 
but yeah, I, I I also agree. I think like the last chapter where it's just like them catching their breath and the, and they're you're not arrested, but you can't leave the interrogation room was just a bit okay. Sure, we're doing this now. <laughs> and like closing on that last little sting, it's like oh she wasn't alone. She brought the mayor. Like yeah, right. Yeah, this is bound to be good, right? <laughs> yeah. But um, but I did like this other constable on the whole, like the leader of Bilming's forces, Bl- Blantarch. Blantech, I don't know, something like that, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out when we get the read through. I thought she was really cool, like she's got a good head on her shoulders, so I really hope we get to see more of her. She seems like she seems like pretty solid. I like. It hadn't occurred to me at, at this point, uh, but I, I like that you, you've your idea is like. I mean, he needs a new girlfriend, so is he gonna? They're gonna be fighting, and he's just gonna ask this girl out. That would be. Uh, <laughs> that would be a weird one. Well, you th- you think about this, like Wayne is i don't think it's a stretch to say he's a bit of a narcissist but also a bit of a self-loathing narcissist mm-hmm. so maybe like a doppelganger of himself may, like he'll either really really hate it or find it really really attractive so could go either way on that or both yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i really hope that doesn't happen but it's wayne you can't rule it out <laughs> you can't rule anything out with wayne yep oh wayne you nut yeah no this lady this lady to me seems like the set was like god that wayne guy's annoying we need somebody equally annoying (laughs) and we need somebody with the exact same powers to combat the annoyingness so she can't just have the powers she's got to be obnoxious as well we've got to have it that's the secret sauce that we're missing find someone obnoxious first and then you can give them some powers it's fun who's the most obnoxious person we know I also I like your thought about the the Duralumin thing because I had the same thought where I'm just like, do you just like if you're if it, if it is a spike that's giving the Duralumin, do you just go around and like give a bunch of people like some Duralumin in a little file and then you're like, okay, can you feel a thing to burn inside of you? And then eventually you find one guy who because you can burn it, it just won't do anything. Um, so right, yeah. It, it seems like such a difficult thing to find because nobody's going to know on their own, probably, that they're uh, that kind of misting. So mm. unless at some point, like as you're growing up in this world, there's like a test and they just like, OK, here's a vial with a teeny tiny bit of 16 metals. Try it out and we'll see if you're a misting. Yeah, I I think it's more likely because they, they specifically mention this in the chapters. I think it's more likely that they just caught all of these people with elements or bloodline and then they didn't they didn't check they just spiked them they Ooh. didn't they didn't check what these people had necessarily if they they didn't know the what the power was outright they just spiked them is that going to work because don't you need the spike to be of a specific type of metal as well oh yeah which metal the spike is i think does oh, affect what power yeah, you you're can right. take. that's a good point yeah so i guess that's probably not a good way to go yeah yeah i mean i think your idea has some merit but just but they'd have to have at least some idea of what they could do. Maybe if they trace the bloodlines, like, all right, this bloodline uh, had predominantly, like, tin sort of powers, so maybe we'll try that. I don't know that we've seen that that's a thing. I don't know that, like, just because your father had one thing, it makes you more likely to have that same thing. You're just more likely to be an Alamancer. Okay. Although yeah. I don't know that we've that they've said specifically that either. I don't know that we've seen either way, but I just don't remember any like par- parent-child combination that had the same power, or even like a brother-sister combination that had the same power. That's true. Hmm, that's actually a really good question. We know it's it's genetically inherited, but 
like Straff Venture was a tin eye and he had a bunch of kids and one was a misborn and there was a bunch of thugs and I don't know that we saw any that were actually a tin eye also. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is a case that you do like one misborn, not misborn, one metalborn produces another metalborn, but it's just that their power to burn something is just not something you have access to. So you had all of these um mistings that could burn adium, but they would never know they could burn adium because they mm. weren't really tested on. So it'd be the same with the Duralumin. It's true. Uh, okay, I guess I guess let's do this thing. So we start out with Wayne and Hoyd in their truck. We know they were in the same truck. And well then Hoyd, that's all I know about how to pickle vegetables. Thank you. <laughs> I like to I like to think that this is the entire trip, like hours of driving and he's just been explaining to Hoyd how to pickle vegetables. <laughs> Here's everything I know about peach farming. Oh God. <laughs> And I, I'm almost impressed that these people from Offworld, because bo- in both cases, Moonlight and Hoyd, they're the drivers of these trucks. And so I'm like, man, you guys, you just, you know how to drive uh, cars pretty well. But I mean, Hoyd has been Wax's driver for years, so I guess that makes sense. We know Hoyd is like super old and has been around a while and seen some shit. So it's no stretch to know that, like, yeah, he will know how to operate technology on different planets quite That's easily. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. although. We did hear in the previous section that, like, this planet is only, like, the second one to have electricity, so. Mm. Yeah, Hoyt, Hoyt can drive anything, as long as it's not a stick. <laughs> I don't know. They have automatic transmissions, and we don't know. Yeah, sure they do. I mean, he knows how to drive a boat made out of a dead body, so. It's true. I think that's a, probably a pretty adaptable skill. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anybody, if you could drive Spanky, you could drive anything. Yeah. <laughs> And then Hoyt's like, can I have my harmonica back now? And Wayne is outraged. Like, I traded you fair for this. You did nothing of the sort. I did. The trade is in the glove box. You're always too watchy for me to slip things in your pocket. So I love I love that this is a relationship they've had in these years that he's been the coachman. Wayne has discovered that Hoyt is uh, too observant to have things slipped in and out of his pockets. How'd you get so good at that anyways? Practice. A very great amount of practice. I was pickpocketing before you were a glimmer in your daddy's eye. Probably true. I, well, he he was pretending to be a ska informant 300 years ago, so yep. no, no, probably robbed to be people. that literal. <laughs> yeah, I'm more interested in this harmonica because he lets Wayne keep it. And I'm like, is it like a crazy magic harmonica? Because that would be pretty sweet. You get some magic music going. It's like a Pied Piper thing. It, I mean, uh, I guess that's not where I was going, but sure. There's some planet out in the cosmos somewhere where the investiture is music based. Could be. Mm, that'd be interesting. And the trade is a rat, a live rat. Oh, sure. Wayne says his name's Sir Squeakins. And this is the 17th time he's escaped his cage, so Wayne says, I better give him to someone responsible. Which, I, we don't know Hoyt all that well. I don't know that that's a fitting. <laughs> but, whatever. One's just like, what's he going to do with that rat? We know we <laughs> swallowed a frog once. It's true. You are a uniquely bizarre individual, Hoyd said. But trade accepted, I guess? <laughs> great, great. He likes strawberries and booze, but don't give him none of the booze because he's a rat. <laughs> Noted. I just, I I want to know how this relationship between Wayne and Sir Squeakins developed, where he discovered he liked booze, but he's like, no, no, you're a rat. You can't have that. That's so he funny. Maybe it. Like, he got into some, some booze that had been spilled. Mm. Uh, at some point, they just discovered that he liked it bit like uh, our friend's dog, Jack. Oh, Jesus, yeah. You just, you just walk in and the rat is drunk one day. Pretty much what happened to this poor dog. 
there was a, a, a uh, he bruised his own cider. So yeah, our friend. Not oh, the not dog. the dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, our friend bruised their own cider, and their dog. Like as, as people were pouring drinks and stuff, little bits would spill onto the floor. Uh, it would just drip a little bit, and the the dog decided to drink it up, and it just got really mellow. Yeah, that dog used to be hyperactive as shit, and now is just super chilled out. Yeah. Likes it, but now you have to be super careful. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And you know, they did they did check with the vet and the vet said, Look, the dog seems to be fine, so no need no cause for concern. Just don't let it happen again. Yeah. <laughs> is alcohol bad for dogs? That yeah, it's not great. I think they can't process it or they can't metabolize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would assume it's bad for dogs. It's not great for humans, so Oh yeah. Yep. Alcohol is toxic for dogs. Even a little beer could cause alcohol poisoning, especially if the dog is small. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the the dog is alive and well. This was like, God, this would probably be ten years ago now. This dog is um, still alive and well today. So, oh nice. So it's just like with with a little kid. You just guard the alcohol a little bit better, and it's all good. Yeah, but just like you know, just so people people listening are concerned, the dog is fine and is still <laughs> alive and healthy. He's still with us. This dog. Doing his doggy, doggy best. This we're gonna see Hoyt in future books with like this rat riding his shoulder or something. <laughs> and then they get into a weird thing where uh, Wayne's like, "Do you ever feel like you wish your life was the stories?" Which for some reason, when you say the stories, it just makes me think like soap operas or something. <laughs> and Hoyt's basically like, "I think that that's what we're doing already. Like we live stories every day, ones that we will remember, tell, and shape like clay to be what we need them to be." Very deep. And Wayne thinks about the story his mom told him and how that was about this hero, but Wayne does not feel like he's a hero. He says, can't be no hero if you were a villain, Hoyd. And then, I mean, for one thing, I feel like that's not true. Like some of the the redemption stories like Zuko and Avatar The Last Airbender, that can make for some of the best heroes. And I was kind of surprised Hoyd doesn't take that tack with it. I think Hoyd um, is under no illusions about who he really is, so he's just this is just his perspective on it. Mm. He's like, in most of the stories, it's the villain who knows the hero the best. And Wayne's like, huh, interesting. And then they're trying to cross like a busy road. And I, I was absolutely sure when I got here and they're having to wait and wait. I was like, is Wayne's next invention idea going to be for a stoplight and it'll be even richer than he already is? But that that doesn't happen. So, And so they get they, they pull the convoy into this warehouse which I, I love the moment of Wayne being like, well, why would they like black out the windows like that? You wouldn't be able to. Oh, right. Bad guys. Uh, OK, for, forgot. And he to- tells Hoyt, you might want to keep your head down if, in case this next part gets shooty. And so we got Vendel wearing the cycles body, who's named Granks. And then uh, Wayne is pretending to be Franis, who is a guy that he found among the, the bad guys who looked vaguely like him and so and then he kind of just goes the rest of the way to try to be the part and Vendel is still annoyed at how good Wayne is at this and Wayne's just like you just got to find someone what looks a little like you and make up the difference also stay in character I, just, I love him calling out the Condra for not being in character yeah that's something we didn't really ca- like cover at the, uh, at the start Vendel was a pain in the ass these chapters <laughs> Yeah, I've never been a real big fan of his. I'm kind of, uh, and you know, when he said he was coming on the trip, but then he was like, "Well, I don't know." I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't think you guys should take him. He's he's not very good." 
Yeah, it's like what we saw of him in Bantam Morning, I thought he was going to be way more competent than he actually turned out to be, so that was very disappointing. Yeah, it almost makes me think that, like, <laughs> it almost makes me think they, that uh, Harmony sends him around just because he's like, well, I could spare him. He's kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> can you take him? I don't want to deal with him right now. Yeah, we've met so few of the Conjure at this point. It's I mean, maybe they're all the all the all, all the other available ones would be worse than this one. May imagine that. Well, he does say at one point that it's like of all the Kandra everywhere, only Tensoon and Milan know how to fight. I'm like, really? Only the two? Like none of the others even have like a passing knowledge? <laughs> that seems a bit mm. suspicious. Also, if that's the case, why not fucking send Tenzoon? Oh, I don't think I don't think Harmony can send Tenzoon anywhere. <laughs> I think it's most of the Conjure keep to the first contract still, where they can't hurt humans, basically. Yeah, that's what that, that's what he says here too. Yeah, and when they talk about when he talks about Malon, he's like that that whatever he uses. I think he says miscreant. Yeah, it makes him sound like it's like that blasphemer. She just does whatever she wants. Which, although, yeah, although, I, mean, I guess you'd never learn how uh, to fight if you couldn't actually hurt somebody with the fighting. Right. But then I guess Bleeder was a, well, you know, That's she's true. gone now, but she, uh, she knew how to fight. Yeah, even while in human form. She, she shot a bunch of people. Yeah, like even, even back when she was with Wax, she shot all sorts of people. In fact, when Wax first meets her, she shoots Granite Joe with like a crossbow or something. I don't remember. Good old Granite Joe. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> and so they get all these trucks in here. They meet up with a couple of dudes, uh, a fellow named Dip and one named Embryer. And those guys are like, OK, well, you, you can all leave now. And so uh, Vendel has to be like, hey, I've got something important. I need to tell the boss, the sequence, if uh, if they're around here. And this gets the guys a little suspicious. They're like, well, you couldn't just say it over the radio. And he's like, no, no, I need to tell him in person. And so then Wayne has to pull one of the guys aside. And I like, he just has to guess at which one is Dip and which one is Embryer. And his conclusion is no one would put a guy named Dip in charge of anything. So that guy in charge must be Embryer. He's right. So I guess maybe that's valid. And so he's just uh, he's like, hey, look, we saw some lady Connor sniffing around the base. You know, the one that that's what he wants to report it in person because he thinks he'll get some credit for with uh, with, you know, who. And then this guy asks about his sister and Wayne has to be like, he's like, oh, crap, what do I say? I don't actually know this guy's sister or what relationship this person has with him. So he takes a shot at it. He's like, hey, you stay away from my sister. He's like, OK, I just ask you, geez. And uh, we get Vendel being annoyed at how good Wayne is at this again. And Wayne goes, ah, jealousy. Smells like cherry blossoms. Also, stop breaking character. You, you missed the bit where he says, like, you don't need my sister. I found a, I found a, um, a woman who'd be great for you. And she's like, like, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, she thought this colos blooded guy looked handsome. And the guy is just, like, so offended by that. I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like, let me, I got a girl for you. Oh, okay. This, it's it's good that these the, the the this guy Embryer had that kind of relationship with Franis that they could have this discussion, but also didn't know him well enough to recognize someone impersonating him, or maybe Wayne's just that good. Either way, and then someone yells out, "Drop your weapons! This is a sting!" And Wayne is so deep in character that he's like, "It's the heat!" and goes for his gun. And he's like, "Oh right, right, I forgot." <laughs> Jesus! Oh, wait, I'm the heat. <laughs> <laughs> I am also the heat. Yep. 
So a hundred guys pour in wearing the shield and tortoise symbol of Bilming, which now I want to see that. That sounds cool. Maybe it's on the newspaper. Why Maybe. tortoise? Oh yeah, um, it totally is. At the top of the broadsheet is uh, I guess the the symbol. It's like a big turtle on a on a shield. I don't know why. why that's, I mean, there. tortoise tortoise gives the impression of shield. I guess if that's what they were going for. Yeah, but tortoises are slow and cranky. Is that really the um, connotations <laughs> you want to have with your police force? Well, I mean, I assume it's the symbol of the city, so the police force doesn't yeah. get this okay. the, the choice. But yeah, I mean, if it's on the broadsheet, I'm sure it's the. City. I figure maybe like since they're on the ocean, tortoises are native to the area or something. Yeah, maybe it's like tortoises are land creatures, not sea creatures, but they could just be in the area nearby. Mm-hmm. And so that's the end of chapter 21. We go to ch- chapter 22, and Maris is like, "Oh man." And Moonlight's like, I, I had no idea this was going to happen. So she has to c- hop out and be like, hey, look, I'm I'm from Elendel Constabulary. She recognizes Captain Blantac. I think that's I think you got that one, right? Oh, that's yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do that. I thought there was an R in there. I was wrong. It's like we met at that inner city training event last year. And Blantac's like, dang it. You're running a sting inside my city. Like, <laughs> And she's like, well, the Elendel Constabulary has authorization has has jurisdiction over the whole basin and Blantex like you claim jurisdiction over the whole basin that's a different thing and so this is already going to get bogged down in some political stuff and so Marisai tries to turn it away from that like look let's let's leave the political stuff aside we're both constables we're trying to protect people let's let's work together okay and she has to tell her like there's a reason we didn't inform you because my government and your government is already compromised by these people who are trying to do this bad stuff. So we couldn't let anyone find out. And Blantec actually kind of starts to listen. She's like, uh. and Maris is like, let me think. how hard was it for you to organize this sting? She's like, I mean, maybe a little harder than usual. Hmm. And Maris is like, okay, starts to think to herself, if the set knows about this, why would they let it happen at all? Why wouldn't they stop it, regardless of how determined this constable was? And then she's like, well, I mean, the weapons are being smuggled to building. The government, if they're in league with the set, then if they have the weapons, that's the same as handing them to the set. So mission accomplished, I guess. There's no reason to like start a fuss. And they catch, she catches sight of the sequence, who has been caught along with everybody else as these constables rush in. He's not even trying to hide the fact that he's just like, yep, meant to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not at all subtle here. It's like, I, I guess he's got a stylish suit. And uh, she's like, I bet this guy knew about the sting. So he's just playing along. And then he sees Marisai and suddenly things are different. And so she realizes this guy just came up with an idea to do what the set is wanting and make things even worse between like Bilming and Ellendale. And... Marisai's like, we got to sedate that guy. He's a metalborn. And Blantex's like, there's not any metalborn in this group. I have it on good authority from. And then the sequence pushes with incredible strength, uh, alimantically, to the point that she very quickly in this next chapter comes to the realization that there, there's no way that was just a normal coin shot push. That was way too strong. She's wearing a breakaway gun belt so that uh, it. It flies off. She doesn't get pushed around, but all of the other constables are basically not. So their own guns and handcuffs and everything else are push, pushing them aside when this big push comes. Entire trucks are rocking and a couple even overturn. And it's like, OK, so this is this was a powerful push is the 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 upshot. And so 
she realizes this guy is smiling because what he's going to do is implicate Elendel in a scandal by causing as many casualties as possible in this. Like, Elendel constables show up, ruin a Bilming sting, and a bunch of good Bilming constables end up dead. That'll look real bad with the people of this city. And she's, she decides that this thing is so powerful, he must be using Duralumin. But that can't be, because you can't have two Alimantic powers unless Hemalurgy is involved. And then Wayne and Vendel show up, and they have a they, they put a speed bubble up real quick, and they have a quick discussion where Marisai explains what she's come up with, and then they try to come up with some sort of plan to stop this from going really sideways. And so she's like, we, we can still turn this around. And Vendel's just like, this is not the plan. Plans last until someone starts shooting, mate. And he's like, oh, so unruly. All these beautiful bones are going to get crushed. Dude, priorities. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I think we know that, like, he... It, it's very hard to hurt or kill a Contra. So I don't see why he's even so upset. He could be like, I mean, you guys might all die. I'll be fine. But his bones are going to get damaged. That's so sad. That's uh, Eddie. <laughs> but will this crush my bones? Oh yeah, I always forget about the bones. And so Marisai says, "You and Wayne go take down the sequence. I'm gonna organize the constables and get us all working together." And Vendel's like, "Uh, when you say take down, what what precisely do you mean by that? <laughs> Kill, shoot, maim, eat? I don't care. Like, oh yeah, I'm not um." I'm not much of a fighter. I'm a connoisseur, a good, <laughs> good planner, a bearer of deep and important thoughts. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> In the six years that they've worked with Vendel, though, no one's really thought about asking him about it. Or, like they haven't been in this position before. I don't know that he's like worked with them on like an active mission like this before. Mm. I think they've been like mission control. And I mean, they've had Melon for a lot of their missions before, and she can do the fighting, so... Still, you'd think that this is something that either they could have asked him or he could have brought up knowing he was going on an active mission the yep. day before. <laughs> yeah, they, they they seem to make an assumption that it's just like, oh, well, like Tensoon and Malon are good in a fight, so I'm sure this guy will be good. I just have Adam Sandler in my head just going, once again, things that could have been brought to my attention <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, see, I guess nobody's ever been interested enough to ask Vendel about his personal life, and so uh, yeah. this is what happens. I know I'm not. <laughs> and so he says, yes, I follow the first contract. I cannot kill or even hurt a living creature, particularly not a human being. I cannot tell a lie. And this really, Malon well, is well, a miscreant. Well, you never talk about yourself. Maybe if you showed a little interest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the conversation that I wish they had. Uh, and so she's just like, okay, but you're basically indestructible, right? I was like, well, well, technically, but you, you see, and she's like, uh, shoves him like, okay, get out there then. Go Draw on. Fire, see if you can throw me an aluminum gun. He's like, all right, grumble, grumble. And then as they're here inside the speed bubble, a woman just like strolls around the truck and pops into the bubble. Hello, lovelies. What are we doing? Having a meeting? Uh, she's, uh, I like meeting new folks. <laughs> Killing them breaks the monotony. Oh, no, we're under <laughs> attack from Eliza Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now now that's the only way I'm going to be able to picture her. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Audrey Hepburnish just coming around being like, oh, I'm going to kill you now. 
And then okay. she just goes for Marisai. Cult- cultural jokes we've made. <laughs> A E I. Okay. <laughs> She, she just takes a swing with her dueling canes for Marisai, and Wayne has to jump in and stop it. And Marisai doesn't understand what's happening. She's just like, wait, well, how did this? And Wayne's like, damn it, another slider. And Marisai's like, oh, okay, you yeah, know, that makes sense then. So it's this is the interesting part to me, because it was it's not even like viewing the fight in the bubble from outside. But as they're in a bubble and everyone in the room is moving slow, you see her moving through a bubble, and it just looks like she's strolling at normal speed while everyone is so slow around her. And that that is another very cinematic, I feel like, moment, especially if you've had three movies or whatever where you see everything in this way whenever they're in a bubble and suddenly this very different thing is happening. I think that would look uh, really cool. But also when she puts up her bubble from inside Wayne's bubble in the space where their bubbles overlap, she's moving twice as fast, which is crazy. Yeah. And I think that may be the first time we've actually seen that happen. I I don't think we've ever met another slider. Yeah, which I mean, sliders, you know, obviously all powers are very um, rare in this era. But I like I wonder if like they had had a bunch of Mistborn that knew about Bendeloy back in the first era. I wonder how many times you could have compounded it. Yeah, right. Like that. There there could have been all sorts of stuff happening there. That's scary. I mean, so, yeah, it seems pretty rare. It's not so rare that, like, we saw the newspaper ad where it's like, hey, we're looking to hire a, a cook who has this power. So it's, it's it's not so rare that they, they can't find someone who wants to cook with it. But still, I feel like we've seen and I, I don't know that if, you know, the people we see are any indication of rarity overall. But I feel like we've probably seen more coin shots than anything else in era two. I feel like it comes up a lot. Whereas other things like I don't, we've never seen another person with Marisai's power. This is the first time we've seen another person with Wayne's power. Mm. I felt like we saw a lot of coin shots in Era One as well. That's like I don't know if that's Brandon's favorite misting, but maybe I feel like I feel like we just see them very frequently in general. Yeah, I I, I feel like we might have seen thugs more often, but I agree that coin shots were very common because it was like it's like one of the they were the go-to like combat people. Yeah, aside from exactly, yeah. and they're much more cinematic than thugs. If you want somebody to fight long distance instead of up close, punchy, punchy, then yeah, it's you're gonna have these coin shots. But there, but there was a um, there was a conversation in one of the earlier books where they said, "Oh, coin shots are really really rare," and I think we all just went, "Wait, really? We see them <laughs> all the time." We probably get more exposure to Alamancers in general than uh, the average person in this world. Yeah, true. And so Marisai saves Captain Blantec, and then. Uh, Starts organizing like, hey, we uh, Captain Blantex like Russ, they have an Alamancer. And Marish is like, yeah, I was just 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 saying that. Whatever. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. And I love Vendel running out, waving his hands. Look at me, defenseless and a traitor. I'm going to tell the constables. <laughs> Very subtle, dude. And then uh, there's another powerful steel push, which as soon as she determined that this person is using Duralumin, my first thought is like, do not give them time to reload their metals because we know that using the Duralumin with a metal makes it run out in all in one instant big push. So I was like, you need to rush them and stop them before they have time to, but that does not occur to them. So, or not at the beginning anyway. Meanwhile, Wayne and the other slider are fighting with their dueling canes, popping in and out of bubbles while Mary's is like, oh, this looks weird. I have been defeated, Vendel says. I'm billing you for these bones. Don't be a baby. And she tries to catch the guy 
the the sequence in a bubble with one of the grenades, but he pushes it away just in just in the nick of time, which that probably would have been the best way if you could catch him before he reloaded his medals after a big push and get him in the bubble, then you would have plenty of time to deal with him. And so Mary says, like, I we got to retreat, and she she's talking to one of her lieutenants, Kellen, and Kellen's like, retreat? What? Like, no, we're we're not soldiers, we're police officers. This is not we're not gonna have a battle in the middle of the city. Let's get out of here. And the the random exchange of like, hey, which truck has the real explosives? Number six, Wayne's. Who decided that? And Kellen goes, ruin. Apparently, I hadn't thought about it myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's not in the truck anymore, so it's a little, almost a little unfair. But yeah, what's even more terrifying for us because we realize, oh, that means Hoyt had access to it all as well. <laughs> what he what he, what he would have wanted. Maybe that's the reason. Actually, is like Hoyt. Or Hoyt Wayne could potentially survive the explosion if they went up. So he's, he might be the best person to have in that truck. <laughs> also, if Wayne doesn't know, probably less of an issue. It's true. I feel like Unless... it, 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 it would have broken the scene, but you could have just had it. It's like, which truck has the real explosives? Number six, Wayne's. Are the explosives still there? Or did you take them? <laughs> that was my thing. Like, if he didn't know that they're there, it's fine. Unless he gets curious and goes like digging around. It's like, ah, I'll take some of these. And so she's going to try to grab an explosive and use it as a distraction, basically, so they can retreat. And so she finds some grenades and uh, what she hoped was a firebomb, which would be clay and liquid immune to pushes. So, yeah, that's probably a good thing to use against the the coin shot. Yeah. And so just as she's getting ready, all of a sudden the sequence drops down in the middle of the trucks they're using as cover and does another one of those big pushes. And all of a sudden they have no cover. So, yeah, that's good. Meanwhile, on the other side of the room, the bad guys have built a fortification out of sandbags and pull out a big old Gatling gun, military-grade, liquid-cooled, chain-fed, with bullets longer than a person's palm, developed in case of a Malwish invasion. So that's a, yeah, that's that's a big gun. That's not good. <laughs> Fortunately, the gun, the, the bullets are not aluminum, because just as they're streaking towards our heroes and Marisai's about to be horribly murdered... The bullets stop in midair and go flying back at the enemy fortification. Oh, my God, it's Neo. Yeah, exactly. As wax lands in the middle of the mist coat tassels flaring, aims his pistol and with one shot drills straight through the the scope on the machine gun and into the guy who was firing it right right through his eyes. That's once again, just such a cinematic moment. I think somebody already mentioned that him showing up is like this amazing moment, but. Just shows once again how Miss how Era Two especially is full of these very cinematic sort of things. Sorry, I'm late. I had to wait for gunfire to lead me to you. <laughs> A great line. Yeah, uh, I like Wax shows up in Bilming and he's just like, "I'll wait. The, the, a firefight will start sooner or later, and then I'll I'll find him." It's like, hey, this time it's not even my fault. It's true. And we turn <laughs> to Wayne, who thinks that fighting someone in a fair way is completely unfair. Like, every time he hits her, she starts healing. So unfair. And so he's getting hit and also healing. But he's like, ow, man, that hurts. Harmony's wholly missing bits, woman. You're annoying. And then she's trying to get his accent. She's like, you, you're, you're. Stop trying to get my accent. Can you say my again? And he's just like, rusty, cheating woman. <laughs> I, I, I think that she's creepy, but I like how annoyed Wayne gets by her. It's it it, it kind of uh, uh, makes me forgive it a bit. 
Yeah, I think he's I getting mean, a taste of his own medicine. It's like it's just yeah. desserts, you know. But also, how effective is that to get your your guy that is like an absolute pain in your ass? Wax isn't there. Wayne's, you know, the next available threat. Really, get him removed by distracting him by someone who's trying to be him. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty smart, actually. I agree that yeah, it it. It is a great thing to distract Wayne with, although it does mean that you have to deal with this person being in your organization who, if she's really trying to copy Wayne, is going to be incredibly annoying to have around. I sort of like to think that when she finishes her shift, she takes off her disguise and is like, oh, good. Thank God I'm done. It's exhausting being Wayne for the day. It's, just, it's all an act just for, just for Wayne. That would be great, actually. I love that. So i got to ask as well. So they didn't expect the Ellendell guys to be there because that was the sequence's whole thing. It's like, oh my god, they're here. Let's just fuck this shit up. Right. But the Wayne counterpart was on standby anyway. So she did she just happen to be here? Do they like airlift her in? It's like, oh, we have confirmation where Wayne is. Drop her now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, it it really makes me think, at least, like if you get to this point and you find out they've developed like a Wayne countermeasure. Then you're like, do they have a Marisai countermeasure? Do they have a Wax countermeasure? Like this could this could go in some weird directions. I feel like they probably think that Telson is their Wax countermeasure. Oh yeah, that's true. She has gotten the better of him uh, a few times. Yeah, yeah, and she can heal. But we we get one little look into uh, Wayne and uh, his philosophy on trading. Wax's unused pocket watch, fair game. The one that Lessie had given him, off limits. So he has limits. I think this is the first time we're discovering that, honestly. It's nice to know that Batman. Yeah. yeah, right? But Wayne <laughs> thinks that people's souls, way off limits. That's cheating. They probably didn't trade for the souls, the bits of soul either. So Wayne had a very much not at all a clone of him to deal with, which is one of the best hyphenated words ever. And he tells her, oi, stand still. And she's still trying to get his accent. It's like, oi, stop that. Uh, and she says, I was built for you, Wayne. Aren't you honored? I was made to kill you. Do you have to be weird, too? <laughs> Once I kill you, I will wear your hat and carry your scent. It's all I'm lacking. That's that's where we move into creepy territory for me. I, love the it. I will wear your hat. <laughs> I feel like the hat's one thing. The scent? Ooh. <laughs> Remember that hat you love? I'm going to wear the shit out of that thing, man. It's going to be my hat. And I'm going to smell like you. It's going to be so hot. That hat's going to be so comfy on my head. Fuck you. Yeah. This is not the first time in this book, like, scent has been brought up. I feel like Wayne's actually mentioned it a couple times in, like, like earlier in this section. He goes, ah, jealousy smells like something. I don't remember what at this point. And I'm like, when did he get so, like, into smell? That's right. Wasn't he talking about perfumes or something before as well? Yeah, at the beginning of the book. Yeah, he's he was talking about. Oh, maybe that's that explains any other references. Is because at the, at the very beginning, he talks about how he doesn't smell different in his disguises, so he's it's it's honest. And then he thinks maybe I should smell different. Mm. So maybe that's the source of it. I'd forgotten that. And then Wayne sees the hero arrive. Wax stood there like ruin himself, tassels swirling. The cheater was as good as defeated now. That's the first to ruin in this chapter. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, that's like the first of several references to ruin. And I guess like the 
the name they're substituting ruin for is the devil because it's like you know he stood there like the devil himself like that that would make sense yeah to me in my brain because it's definitely not like you know he's not god they they wouldn't want to call ruin god but yeah well and i mean and jamie's jamie was right they just referenced ruin a minute ago when it was like who decided to put the explosives in wayne's truck and kellen's like ruin i guess (laughs) i just it was enough that obviously it doesn't feel out of place but by the time we got to the end of the six chapters i was like geez ruins really like i feel like we've had way more references to ruin than harmony even though harmony is that ruin and preservation it's like i don't know that we've we've split apart the the et metal a little bit and now ruins really prevalent i don't know ruins leaking through somehow hmm Maybe it's trying to tell us something. Maybe this will be relevant in some way going forward. Uh, But Wayne gets her in like a wrestling hold, it says, and she doesn't seem to be as good at this. And he's like, ah, you can't skip wrestling holds, mate. If you're going to brawl properly, you got to know how to win on the ground. And then, oh, we do get her name. I was going to say, we, we never get a name for this lady, so we got to make up a name for her. But no, the guy hollers out, Gertruda, I'm disappointed in you. And uh, he's going to shoot Wayne in the head, so Wayne lets go and hooks back up with Marisai. He's like, hey, things are looking up. And she goes, we should, we should, really should still leave. And meanwhile, the sequence and the cheater, as he keeps calling her, are, are heading out. Or at least the guy points her out and she heads out, I guess, uh, for some reason, I read that it's like they were both going to go the same way. But Wayne says, if Wax deals with the coin shot, then we'll we'll be winning here. And they have a discussion about why do they have so few aluminum weapons? And Marissa is like, well, I think they expect it to be arrested. They don't want to lose their aluminum. And so they tell Wax, like, they're going to try to finish this cleanup. But Wax, we need you to go and take care of that coin shot. And so the coin shot takes off and Wax takes off after him. And then Wayne ends the chapter by being like, oh, did anyone warn Wax that that guy can do those super hard, crazy pushes? Eh, he'll figure it out. Oopsie. <sighs> yeah. And honestly, I was certain at that point. It's like that the coin shot is going to bring that in at just the wrong moment and Wax will never be expecting it and things will go very badly. But in this next chapter, I think he just uses it off the cuff and Wax figures it out very quickly. So he really kind of wastes that advantage. So yeah, the guy just blasts into the air, crumpling a car beneath him. And Wax is like, what the? Oh, it's got to be Duralumin. I'm like, okay, yeah, way to waste your advantage, random coin shot, dude. Although it really begs, also begs the question to me, if the set is equipping some of their people with Duralumin, like what other powers could they pair up with Duralumin for uh, some scary results? We've never seen like Marisai or Wayne's powers used in conjunction with Duralumin. That could be weird. I always got the feeling the Lord Ruler was using it to, you know, that whole battering down people's spirits back mm, in Ellendale. Yeah, maybe. So, you know, maybe the set are going to do something similar, just have someone just as, like, momentary flashes of just despair or beacons of just, yeah, smashing their emotions to bits. We actually, we saw in the second book, we saw Vin do that to Straff Venture to, like, terrify him about how powerful she was. That's right. Mm. So. It's extremely effective, is I think what we learned there. Yeah. And so Wax is going after him, and at least Wax is thinking logically. Like, okay, so if I remember right, if this guy's using Duralumin, it means that every time he uses his power, he'll need to drink more metal. So this I can try to take advantage of. Somebody, somebody did the homework. Thank you. 
And also, wax has aluminum bullets. Aluminum gun and aluminum bullets. Vindication 2, it's fully aluminum and with aluminum cartridges. But he drops the steel survivor because it's loaded with conventional rounds. And what we find out is that the coin shot has alumin- an aluminum flask, which is presumably got you know steel and duralumin mixed in there. So you can just take a swig and reload, which I feel like Wax should have figured that out at some point. That's a great way to do this. And we had another reference to Ruin, where it's like, it worked, but Ruin. Aluminum prices have dropped from extravagant to merely expensive, as people are using it more and more. So, a little note about the economy. And then, as they're kind of stalking each other, a bullet nearly gets Wax. And he's like, what? How did that? Oh, this guy must have bronze as well. Like, they give him another spike. Unless, as Dak suggested, he's just a straight-up Mistborn somehow. Which Jamie did say we needed to see a Mistborn in this book, so it could happen. And so Wax is trying to figure out, this guy seems good at being a coin shot, so maybe that's his natural. He was born a coin shot, and so he's got a spike for bronze, a spike for for Duralumin. You can only hold up to three spikes, except we found out earlier in this book that's not necessarily true anymore, so that logic doesn't necessarily help anything. We, We find out that... Wax has had metal mines embedded in his skin surgically, which that kind of disturbs me, honestly. I don't like that. On some level, it makes sense, though. It does. You're right. It makes perfect sense. It's still just kind of... It's still a bit weird. Yeah, it's it's very Lord Ruler-ish. It's kind of creepy. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. He did have, like, his metal mines piercing him. We also find out, and this, I believe, is completely new... That with bronze, you can see ferrochemy, not just allomancy. He says that only the very rarest practitioners can do that, though. Yeah, it's definitely new. So that opens up new doors to uh, how that works. Is it It was always just allomancy, and that kind of made sense. And now it's allomancy and ferrochemy. Does that mean that it's investiture in general? Could you spot, like, you know, an Elantrian mm. or something? Or, uh, or a forgery using that same... Uh, bronze if you were really good with it or is it just specifically something that has to do with you know the Skadrian powers yeah I didn't think about that well it's yeah like does that mean a leecher could potentially drain someone else's metal mind so it's inert oh that's also interesting Mm. we know there was that one broadsheet where uh, Nikki Savage is going after the uh, the haunted man or whatever, and he's got his weird gun that shoots ghosts or something. And she's a leecher, and when she grabs the gun, it like powers it down, and he has to like power it back up. So I feel like yeah. that implies that leeching can do stuff to other like foreign investitures. That's scary. Yeah, they're they, you know Wax is stalking this guy. This guy's stalking Wax. They're trying to kill each other. Wax punches the guy, and he's like, I, I, like he, it says he pulls his enemy up and began laying into him. And damn, maybe he was excited to be fighting again. But the blows didn't seem to hurt my knuckles as much as they once had. So uh, he's he's really excited to be just beating the shit out of this guy. <laughs> this next line, it's too goofy to have thought been thought of to to me in Wax's head. Like this is a Brandon sounding <laughs> line to me. That couldn't bridge its past experiences with this new painful fist-to-face existence. Exact that one, yes. Oh, That's a ridiculous okay. line. Nobody talks. <laughs> nobody thinks or talks like that. That's that is like a goofy thing to say it's like this new fist to face existence that's, that's <laughs> i love i love that i mean i love it but it's ridiculous nobody thinks that way 
He's like, yeah, now I'm punching the face. You're in a new fist-to-face existence, you loser. Like, that's not <laughs> that's not something people think, unless they're trying to be funny. That's my point. <laughs> and so, okay, so yeah. As a, as a way to escape from the fist-to-face existence, the guy pushes them up with a massive steel push way up into the air and then reaches out and puts his hand on Wax's face and Wax feels his metal reserves vanish. The guy is a leecher also. Damn, that's unfortunate. And then he goes, Wax goes to grab some of his medals and the coin shot grabs his belt and kicks him away. And the belt is a breakaway belt, so it can't be pushed away just like, uh, so that it can't push you away basically, just like Marisai's earlier. But that just means that it broke away and this guy now has Wax's stuff. So that's unfortunate. So he's 100 feet in the air, falling. He manages to hold on to one vial, and he starts to drink it, but only gets the briefest taste before the vial exploded. A shot from the enemy towards Wax's face had barely missed. Damn, what a shot that was while falling through the air. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, and not just, like, close enough to almost hit him in the face, but hits the vial exactly. Like, there, you couldn't make that shot if you wanted to. No. <laughs> I was aiming for his head. <laughs> and so he he starts like doing some metal mine stuff to make his rising and falling erratic because uh, the guy is shooting at him in midair now. So that's not good. And he seems to be a pretty good shot. But he's just like, without metals, I'm dead. Like I'm falling to the ground from 100 feet up and I'm we're done, basically. He's falling. There's one of the vials. He, he spots it tumbling downward and he reaches out his arm. It's a few inches away, just beyond his fingertips, and finally, bam, got it, got it, fell right into his palm. I guess he maneuvered his hand underneath it or whatever, and he saves himself. Woohoo! And then there's a journalist taking pictures, and he's like, damn it, he gets a picture of Wax, and he's like, I'm going to be in tomorrow's or in the <sighs> afternoon broadsheets. That's great. Okay. <laughs> damn paparazzi, I know how it is, Wax. And then Hoyd just rolls up with a sleek black car, which he drove a truck to town. I don't know where he got this car. <laughs> Maybe it was in the back of the truck with the with all the explosives. It's, it's, it's like Die yeah. Hard, where there's an ambulance secretly in the back of the truck. Yeah. Despite the fact that you see that truck open and everybody stroll out earlier in the movie and there was no ambulance in there. God damn it. I didn't notice that. Yep. Classic, classic uh, continuity issue in that movie. And Wax is like, how on Gadriel did you find me? And Hoyd cocks an eyebrow at the gathering crowd. Pardon, Lord Ladrian, but you do create quite a spectacle. It's not terribly difficult to track you. <laughs> Thanks, Hoyd. And then somebody else gets another picture as he's trying to get out. So that's, that's, that's like five chapters of this fight, basically. And it's a pretty cool fight, but uh, it's a lengthy one. I mean, it's, it's almost, I guess it's kind of almost two separate fights because you got the warehouse fight and then you got the midair fight. But I think it's just like... The, our three main characters involved with it all got their viewpoints within it, so that was cool. That is true, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Also, like, we're only, what, a third of the way through this book, and Hoyt has shown up on four separate occasions. Like, we've never had Hoyt show up this much. Yeah, it's almost like something important's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and we got this Moonlight person. Yeah, yep. stuff's going down. I'll we'll just reiterate Brandon here. The gloves are off. Yep. The next chapter is Marisai and Co. in the in the constable's office in Bilming. 
So I wonder how they explained the faceless immortal hanging around with them to Blantak. Right? So I saw this guy get shot, uh, and then he got back up, tackled the guy who shot him, and then got thrown into a truck. The fuck, guys? <laughs> well, in the past, the faceless immortal bit has always uh, gotten them pretty far with the the establishment. So maybe, it, maybe it'll Ellen help Dale. once again. That's true, but I mean, it's like a religion thing. It's not. Uh, it's not like that religion is specific to Ellendale. Yes. So maybe may, maybe it'll it'll help them here too. Just take just take your special angel person and keep them in this goddamn room. <laughs> and Vendel's right. And Vendel's just like, hey, can I have your bones? Oh, yeah, that'll that'll make it better. Good job, Vendel. Thanks thanks for helping out. He needs to he needs to be less creepy about his bone request. <laughs> Yeah, he it, you know he offers money. I assume that it's good money too, or, or uh, Steris wouldn't have considered it. And so while they're in here, Wax is trying to explain what's going on with Harmony, and she's like, "Harmony's blind." Awesome. Okay. The building officers hadn't locked the door; they wouldn't dare. But they'd been forced to surrender their weapons and then dropped off in here. The implication clear: don't try anything. And Vendel is looking exhausted. He'd stitched up his bones and. He looked lumpy and unnatural. There's like this picture of him sitting on the floor all sad with his broken bones. Every so often you just hear this weird little popping noise. He's like, sorry. <laughs> and two of the constables are dead. Uh, two of the Ellendale constables, I guess, because Marisai thinks about how she knew Kali Hathu. And they lost both the uh, the sequence and the other Alamancer, who were probably the ones who actually knew anything. So great. Oh, and the set will probably have all their people released just for an extra kick in the shins. <laughs> because we, we know from the last set of chapters that uh, Telson is pretty powerful in this city. I mean, for all, uh, does it say who the mayor is? Is Telson going to walk in and be the mayor? I feel like Wax is involved in enough politics. He would know who the mayor of Bilming was. So if it was Telson, he'd probably already know it. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe she's using a fake name. <laughs> She walks in and Wade's like, oh, fuck, everyone's just copying my disguise tricks. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in with a moustache on, a moustache of leadership. And finally, I think this may be the first time in a long time that we've gotten a reference back to those kidnappings from the first book. Because Wax is like, OK, look, we've seen a lot of spikes going around. The cycle that you killed had spikes. Both the people we fought today had spikes. They got to have like, where are they getting these metalborn from? And Maris is like the kidnappings. More than 10 years ago at this point, these women were kidnapped from alimantic genetic lines, and research over the last years had proved that they weren't alone. Others, both men and women, had been vanishing. A lot from the roughs where the disappearances don't always get reported. So the kidnappings did not begin or end necessarily where we saw them in Alloy of Law. But finally someone is talking about them again. I was so happy. I was like, oh, yes, okay, they didn't forget about them. They finally remembered that, wait, hang on, this was the initial mystery we were looking at. Yes. Once Wax rescued his fiance, he's, ah, whatever. <laughs> but Marisai Maris, says, we've tried following the kidnappings. It's always a dead end. So, so I guess that's supposed to let us know that behind the scenes, they did not forget about this. But And the Chandra also says, there's more than just this blindness. He tries to hide it, but I think something is wrong with Harmony. I see a dark shadow behind him. So that sounds bad. Question mark. It's like, is that Trell? Is that something else? 
Yes, this is a question. And Maris is like, what good is having God on your side if he doesn't do anything to help? And Wax goes, well, I mean, he did help. He sent us a lesson he keeps trying to teach me. <laughs> and Vendel's like, I mean, yeah, Constable or Wax, Waxillium is right, Constable Combs. We are his attempt to do something. Which, yeah, I can see how that would be discouraging, where you're like, I have no idea what to do. I desperately need help. Why won't God help me? And Wax is like, no, God sent us to be the help. And you're like, oh, we are so screwed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and that is when they look out. They see Const- Captain Blantac coming. And no, it's a man. There's a man behind her. Marisai thinks, oh, hell, she brought the mayor. And that is the end of our chapters. So let us move into predicaments. Uh, is there anything specific we want to predict? Who's uh, d- Do we know the mayor? Have we seen the mayor before? Or is this going to be some new puppet? Uh, Maybe that's the one I, predicament I, I will request. I would assume it's going to be a new person. I, I don't. I don't see a reason behind, or, or like a an advantage behind it being somebody we already know. Now okay. it would it would amuse me if it was the guy Wax was chasing. Like that was the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, actually. Yeah. Uh, no one pointed that out while they were like tying them up. Yeah, it's like, hey, that's the mayor. Uh, so that would be funny, but I don't think that that's true. Yeah. So I really don't know what would be you know what would be gained like I, I don't see how we would know who the who the mayor was so i think it's just gonna be some guy and they'll be like oh yeah that's so and so he's the mayor and you know he doesn't like ellendale so he's really pissed off that we're here and you know it's gonna it's gonna create a lot of issues in the already tense situation that they find some themselves with at the outer colonies and on to boot since we know the set is kind of uh, calling the shots here he's probably if he's not in the set, he's at least being manipulated and controlled by the set. So it's definitely not going to be good for our friends. So, yeah, that's that's my mayor predicaments. And since we just had a battle here, I don't really have much else to really talk about, I guess. I mean, everything that I would predict, I feel like our characters kind of figured out in chapter. So I don't really know where we go from here. Yeah, I mean, we, you're, we're at a bit of a stopping point. Like, they've... Uh... They had the one lead on to, that they set up this sting for, and now that's kind of fizzled a little bit. Well, I think we're we're really going to hinge on what happens next with the with the mayor, because I mean, what have we what have we really looked at? So they've got that that cannon that wasn't supposed to be able to get out of Ellendale, which mm-hmm. did get out of Ellendale, which is going to really, uh, I guess, confirm Wax's theory that they're working on a way of smuggling things between the places so if they could get something out of Ellendale they can get something into Ellendale that that couldn't be there if they wanted there was a, a bomb or an explosive or something that they need to bring in so I think we'll probably have that confirmed soon I yeah I agree the mayor I don't I don't think the mayor is going to be someone that we know perhaps they'll have ties to someone that we know at some point but I don't, I don't think we're going to really be there yet I've got to say Joe's thoughts previously about the forger. I was like, wow, would that that really could work with Wayne's copycat. You know, imagine being sort of forged into Wayne and then when I've got your hat and your smell, I'm good to go. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's onto something there. That's, uh, that did definitely pop up in my head while we were reading these. But uh, not really a prediction, just adding on to my prediction last time. I definitely think that Wax is going to end up as a misborn. I reckon there was probably something in those vials, uh, some duralumin that he wouldn't have 
had access to before, now he will have access to. He'll be able to burn it. We didn't get to see him use it because now his vials are gone. He might like to use a flask in the future. <laughs> it seems like a smart way to go. Yep. Um, something quite easy to put in your pocket or whatever. But yeah, for for sure, I reckon this this guy he was fighting, he's somehow an actual misborn. I was trying to add up how many powers he actually had, and I know you can have more, but surely that is a lot of spikes. And isn't it that once you get more spikes, you go a little bit mad as well? I don't, I don't know, know the trillium. Yeah, with the trillium spike allowing you to have more, I guess we don't know how that would affect it really. Yeah, because I guess it's not increasing your link with harmony, is it? It's increasing your link with trell if you if there was a link there, but I don't really know. But I yeah, I I'm sticking to my theory that wax is actually going to be a a misborn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, may, maybe Wax, maybe this guy. Like either one could uh, could or both could be Mistborn at this point because they've because this guy definitely, like you said, shown a lot of powers here. We got we got coin coin shot power. We got the leeching power. We got the Duralumin power, and we got the Seeker, the bronze. So yeah, that's at mm. least four. Yeah, so he's definitely holding more than what we've seen really mm. before. Yeah, and I mean, look, if if they've been experimenting with pulling the Ed metal apart too. Who's to say the same thing didn't happen? Oh, that's true. I, I keep thinking of it as we were told that, you know, Wax failed to separate, that there was no. But I keep, I, I wasn't thinking about, you know, your theory that maybe it did. And so if it did there, you're absolutely right. Why wouldn't it have somewhere else? Mm. 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 Yep. So I'm hanging on to that one. Nothing new, but I'm hanging on to that one. I think it's so far it's adding up in my direction. Okay. That's fair. Did did we get any new support or any new weirdness that could be because we discussed like what was happening with wax? He was seeing lines in weird places. He was like seeing he, he was seeing something blurry in his vision. And we were trying to figure out what metals could those be. Did anything weird happen in this section that we could try to attribute to some sort of metal? Mm, not from my memory, but possibly I went back and read it in a bit more detail. Mm. Maybe he did. Um, wasn't really a new power, but he like when he he jumped up. It was the bit where he turned off his power. He turned off his push so that it couldn't be detected, and then he came out like mm-hmm. right at this other guy. I don't know if that uh, does that come back to. I don't know something that makes you more accurate. Your 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 tin was really enhancing your senses, wasn't it? Was it right? Yeah, like, I don't know if that could make you just a bit more accurate with where you are. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can really think of off the top of my head, but. I don't think that we've had a chance to see, like, somebody using tin in conjunction with a gun and if it would improve your aim or anything like that. That's, uh, who knows what tin could do. There's all sorts of possibilities, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he did fire that one shot that was pretty amazing. He did, but Wax has always been able to. Fires he's always a good shot, yeah. to be fair. Wax Liam Dawn shot. Yes, yep. he's pretty good. I'm trying to think if I saw anything. The only thing that comes to my mind offhand is the part where he's punching the guy in the face. And he's like, hey, my hand doesn't hurt as much punching doesn't this guy hurt. as it usually does. So I guess yeah. that could you could attribute that to like a pewter or something. Yeah, I don't know that it, it actually would be. But uh, the, that's the only thing I thought of. Man, I love punching guys in the face. This is great. <laughs> 
Well, because wasn't he concerned? He was concerned about the other guy burning pewter, and it was like, well, the only way to find out is really to punch him. Take that. Mm. Was that? Did I read that right? I don't know. Hold on. I mean, if you both had pewter, it would just be like punching someone. I don't know. Hold on. I'm not sure. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, okay. It was possible the fellow had pewter for strength. A few extra punches across the face should be enough to determine that. So, yeah, no, good call. I, I totally missed that, actually. So I guess he's like, let's see how much my punches hurt him, and that will let me judge whether he is more <laughs> more durable than usual. That's one way to figure out. This guy out. seems pretty good at getting punched. I guess this guy <laughs> might be a thug. Ah, okay. Just one thing I pride myself on is taking a punch like a champ. This, this is going to be Jamie's theory that she sticks to this book, and uh, I, I like it when we have theories that, we'll, that we can continue and watch for and get support or, or contradiction for as we go through. Those are always the most fun. Okay, so, well, to start with, I think the mayor is not someone that we've met before. I think it's I think it's probably someone Wax has at least interacted with before, even if just in passing, because, again, the whole politics game. Mm-hmm. But I doubt it's anyone we've come across. So, yeah. But my no, my prediction for this episode is all about Gertruda, the, like the Wayne clone. She seemed super eager to be fighting Wayne. Yeah, she's going on about how she was built to take him on. She'd been like, the fact that she said, "I've been waiting a long time for this." Maybe think like she really just wants to do this. It's not just, uh, you know, yes, she's been made to do it in terms of powers, but like she, her personality, she speci- like not just the accents and stuff that she's doing to copy him, but she really wants to get him specifically. So I'm thinking, okay, have they picked up someone who has a specific grudge against Wayne? Ooh. And then the more I delve into that rabbit hole, I think, well, the obvious one is the bloke he killed that he has so much grief over. He was always giving the money to one of the the daughters, like ostensibly for, like to pass on to the rest of the family, I guess. But could this be another one of that guy's kids who has mm. been nursing nursing this grudge for so long? And um, and the set, you know, the set's one of these organizations that seems to have people everywhere. So they've probably done some digging, found out about this. Cause, they want to look into when Wax and Wayne's association start, how that all came about. So they found out about Wayne. They know his history. And so they've tracked down like these ki- these kids to see if any of them wants a chance for revenge. And I think one of them has jumped to the chance and said, yep, do what you got to do. I want to bring this fucker down. That is an, that is an intriguing idea. Yeah, we don't. I think we were told how many kids that guy had at some point because Wayne three. talked about seeing them at the funeral or at the trial. I so. believe it was three. And this one, the the oldest one, or I assume it's the oldest one that was off at college. She is, we're told that she has her kids of her own now. So she's gotten, you know, old enough to, for, to have, be in school, have a family or whatever. So it's entirely possible that, yeah, some, some of the others yeah. could have gotten up there in age too. But I, f- I feel like the course of this book, there's, there has, there does seem to have been a little bit of an undercurrent of Wayne coming to terms with things that he's done, especially because of Oriandri, I think that was her name. Yeah. Um, so. And the, and there's like yeah, confront the fact that she doesn't actually want to see you. Like the money is a good thing, but you're just making it worse by showing up in person, to deliver it yourself. That's something you you need to do better. And so I think maybe we're 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 going on an extension of this theme where Wayne needs to address mistakes he's made from the past, things that he himself acknowledges were mistakes, mm-hmm. like and being confronted by the reality of those. So this might be just like the really nasty extension of all that. And yeah, like this guy's, this guy's kid never got over that and has become a monster to 
because to try and take him down. That yeah, that would imagine her revealing that at like a crucial moment in a fight with Wayne. That could absolutely like turn everything on its head. Yeah, I'm now trying to see how old either Alriandri or how old is Wayne at this point? Because we know that when that ha- when he first hooks up with Wax, which would have been right around when he killed this person after the trial and stuff, he was 16. So yeah. let's see. This book takes place in 348 is the year in the Mistborn world. and The, uh, the year of our Lord Mistborn. I believe it, uh, it says 348 PC, which I'm guessing is post-Catachondra. Uh, yeah, so. that makes sense. Yep. Wayne is Wayne is 40 years old here. So it has been 24 years and those kids were already born. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know that it told us about how old this this particular woman was, but any of the children would be 24 years older than they were, which means that this could probably be any of them. Yeah, because so what she does have like a pretty proper name, Gertruda. It's true. Yeah. And like the, the first book seemed to indicate that he was mailing them like money or whatever or he was sending them money then the second book revealed mm-hmm. he was dropping it off to Oriendry but it seemed to only indicate he was dropping it off to her and not to everyone in the family so i assume he was just passing it on so that means he like she's probably the only one he was able to track down in person or the only one that is in Ellendale so she's the only one he's seen face to face so the other kids could have grown up and he just wouldn't recognize them that's true I'm going to go back to Shadows of Self real quick because I think it tells us when he drops off that money, uh, when she's going to college. Okay, so it, he he tells her when she says, I don't want your money, he says, your mama told me to bring it to you. So maybe the mother is like, my daughter is going to college there. I want you to give her the money. Maybe it's paying for her college. So uh, Right, okay. That would explain why he's, maybe he's not still sending money to the family as a whole. Yep, that that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I, this this is definitely the idea that has the most potential for like uh, big drama. So I like that. Yeah. Well, I just like the idea is like, you know, you've got this one we've met who acknowledges the the hurt and has never forgiven him, but is just trying to go on and live her life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was at university and she, now she's got kids and she and she is doing that. Then you go completely the other end of the spectrum of the one who could never get past it has now devoted their life to bringing him down. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I. It really seems like probably they would not all take it as well as uh, as, as yeah. each other, basically. So yeah, there could absolutely yeah. be one who took it way worse. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that. that that's what I think. I, I would be curious to see that reaction play out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess since it is revealed in the next paragraph or two, uh, I I will tell you guys that we have met the mayor of uh, Bilming before. So we have for, for, for what that is worth, you'll find out in two paragraphs who it is. Yeah, so. uh, it's, it's not worth much. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Anytime. Uh, OK, let us move into some emails. So we got. Uh, OK, so we have an email from Angela Two. I haven't heard from the Angelas in ages. Yeah. yeah. And I think Angela Angela Prime posted in the uh, in the discord uh, not too long ago that she was starting or restarting Alloy of Law. Like she, it had been a long time. She hadn't been able to read much and, but she was getting back into it now. So, but yeah, uh, this is other Angela. And this one has some stuff that she was like, don't read this until you get to chapter 23. So I saved this one until now. 
So she says, hello, Sander Lance crew. It's been a while since I've written, but I've been enjoying the podcast the whole time. I didn't think I would have the self-control to stay with you for the lost metal. And in reality, I don't. It turns out, however, that because I'm having a hard time listening to the book as I work, I keep finding my attention lapsing and having to rewind because I miss things. So I'm not going through it quite as fast as I thought I would. Combine that with how many chapters you're covering in a single episode, and I'm only slightly ahead of you. So it's really fun to listen to the conversation with only slightly more knowledge about what's going on than you do. I think we've probably missed two episodes since she sent this, so uh, she's probably gotten further. I found the discussion you had about how good Marisai has been for Wayne and his development as a person in his and in his allomantic abilities very interesting. I can't say that I had thought about it as I was listening, but I tend to agree with you. I must add that I think Wayne has been good for her development as well. She used to be so down on herself about having such useless ability. Her being paired with someone who has a similar ability that can complement hers, i.e. instant backup, has shown her that it's not useless if you can be creative with it. And yes, Alec worshipping the ground she walks on, I'm sure has done loads for her confidence, as well as having the new technology of the Alamanic grenades to put her investiture into, so she can use her ability in a different way. Either way, I love their dynamic and the new confident Marisai. And then we get to the parts like, don't read this till you get to chapter 23. She says, I have my own predicament. I think the sequence, the sequence in Billings, that, uh, that would be the, the coin shot we just met, will turn out to be Kelsier. He's got more than one allomantic ability, and there are remarks about how skillful he is with his powers compared to the other sequences. The things he is described as doing with hovering and having that little steel push bubble to deflect bullets is something that only really talented Mistborn could do in the original trilogy. Actually, the steel bubble, um, I'm commenting now doesn't even get introduced until wax he's the first person we see do that so uh, uh going back he also seems to have a pretty good handle on the physics of steel pushing when it comes to angles and anchors needed to accomplish your intent which is something we learned is takes a lot of practice before it comes more instinctually as it seems to be with this sequence kelsier was still trying to influence things when we last saw him so it wouldn't surprise me if he found a way back after all this time brandon has said the gloves are coming off this book so this could be one of the big things that happens wasn't to the time of next, Angela too. Hmm. Well, it's an interesting idea. I feel like Kelsier wouldn't want to kill that many people that seem to be f- normal, good people, unless he's taken a really weird personality shift. Hmm. Like, because that guy killed constables, and it's like they, they, you know, those constables were just trying to escape. It's true. So it doesn't seem like a Kelsier move to me, but. I don't know. Kelsey might have killed Wax. Wax is a noble. Doesn't Kelsey have to have a spike from what we know of him now? Uh, yeah, I think we saw when we saw him last, he had like a sp- or like through his on eye. the coin and stuff. He had a spike in his eye. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like ob- obviously the like a lot of people involved in the set have spikes, but I feel like it was never mentioned this guy had a spike through his eye. So Kelsey had needed to have that. So. Yeah, that would have been noticeable, unless he's found a way to, you know, put it in a less conspicuous pl- place since then. And then he'd have to have something to regrow the eye. Has he got a healing thing somewhere? Mm, maybe. Ugh. Yeah, right. Uh, so, yes, that's that's an interesting theory. I tend to agree probably with Joe and Dak that uh, yeah, I think we, he had a spike in his eye, so it would be unlikely. But who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm still leaning on I think we'll see Kelsier in this book. I think he's like out there, mm. but I don't I don't think this is him. Okay. Kelsey is actually the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I just I said it was somebody you'd seen before. So Mayor Spikey. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I was thinking about the spike in the eye, and then it made me think of the uh, Toby Keith song, 
where they say we'll put a boot in your ass, but then it's like we'll put a spike in your eye. It's the American way or the Skadrial <laughs> way, I guess. <laughs> the Ellendale way. Yep. Yep. Now, now Joe has to write a country song about. Uh, yeah. About, uh, hey, old Kelsey's got your name at the top of his list, <laughs> and Marsh was standing there shaking his fist. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, it practically yeah. writes itself. Look at that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Amazing. And, and the conjure will fly. Yeah, there's going to be ruin. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Angela. Hold on. And it'll Looking feel like the whole wide catacendre is coming down on you. There you go. How about that? <laughs> the next email. Brought to you courtesy. <laughs> I don't know what the colors trail, they use. Yeah. Of trails red and gold. Yeah, like what? Do, does the basin have a flag? Do they have like a color scheme? Does Harmony have a color scheme? Yeah, well, tr- trails, that, uh, trails, red and gold, or whatever, right? Harmony has the black and white thing if, going on. Yeah, I was yeah, about to say, I wonder if Harmony's black and white from uh, from ruin and preservation. That yeah. was how the Lord Ruler used to dress with the black and white. So it's true. <laughs> kind of a boring flag, though. If those are your two colors. <laughs> What's Harmony just comes charging out and says, "You monochromatic, monochromatic fucker." <laughs> It's like, look at Bilming. It's beautiful with all the different colored houses. The next email is from Aldhad, who says, uh, words of thanks. Hey, Sandra Lange crew. This time I swear it's shortened to the point. I would just like to say, A, thank you, Data, for nailing the pronunciation of my nickname. You were spot on, and I really appreciate the effort. And B, I would like to say thank you to Master Joe for the powers he gave me. Although Wind Whisperer it wouldn't have been my first choice, it's wonderful and super useful, which is what I hoped for. Uh, Coin Shot would have been my first choice, as Al Lancey goes. But thank you so very much. I hope you're all well. Wasing to the time of next, Colo. You're welcome. Wow, you're welcome. Yeah, I thought there would be more, but that's great. What can I say except you're welcome? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Copyright strike. I don't know that one. That. You yeah, don't you know don't know the well. one. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, I – no, actually, I don't like that movie. But, uh, yeah, mine, mine fell under parody at least, so I was okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so here we have one from Diaria, who is uh, the person, the, uh, one of the people we met at the convention, uh, although they're going to mention that here, so I guess I'll just read it. It says, uh, hi, crew. I've been procrastinating emailing. Sorry. But, oh, boy, am I having fun listening to you all read through the Lost Metal, including you, Data. I'm using your reactions alongside my own reread so that I don't just blaze through and take time to mull things over. I'd like you to know that almost every episode spawns a discussion of, damn, that's an interesting slash good theory on the Discord. And it's very entertaining and sometimes scary how precise you are. Dak, I appreciate you clearing up your stance on Wayne Hate a few episodes ago. Glad it's not sp- a spook esque aversion. He's a problem, but ising the not of worst in being. Oh God, you went there. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna pause the email for a second to say that Ouch. the I, I was on I was on Reddit the other day and somebody's like, Hey, does anybody know any good Cosmere like podcasts? And so as I do. I go into that, uh, not necessarily to pimp the show, but just to see if, if anyone else mentions us, which did happen. Somebody's like, I love the Sanderlands. You should listen to that. And one of the comments was, I gave up on them somewhere in early in book two. I just couldn't stand the spook bashings all the time. Oh, And so, the person uh, was like, uh, the person who originally commented was like, no, yeah, I get it. It doesn't bother me that much, but I can see how it would bother people. I mean, come on. What's so great about him? <laughs> <laughs> and 
and and and then of course I had to comment to be like, oh yeah, that show that it's it's got a good moment here and there. <laughs> and then the person who commented immediately recognized uh, who I was and was like, yeah, you would say that. <laughs> uh, so yes, fun fun times on on Reddit. Actually, I just remembered I got a funny story I'll have to tell you guys once we're done with emails. All right. Uh, but uh, but honestly, what's what's so great about Spook? <laughs> I mean, I mean, no, I mean, if you guys have like positive things to say about Spook, I'm not like you know completely deaf to them, but <laughs> I just don't get it. Like he's kind of sucks. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that is my opinion. It's just like your opinion, man. It's true. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is continuing the email i was the one who startled you at the convention data shouting your name i do apologize for that and for the very quick hello i was in the boxing's purchase line and it just caught you out of the corner of my eye and ran over i appreciate the fuck spook badge very much and the slap bracelet is now my new favorite fidget toy thanks nice. for ma- thanks for making me a twin born joe and not just that a bronze compounder funny i'm the second accidental compounder you've made the first one being gold I think I'm, I have made myself a little bracer and a misting vial sending a photo. It was a fun project. Wait, yeah, what? They did. They Dude, a photo this guy is doing little, the most. What I assume is a bronze bracelet thing and a that's little cool. vial. Yeah. That's commitment. Yeah. That's off, sir. Dude, I'll, I'll share he that is doing the most. And he was a super nice guy. Yep. Uh, probably one of the nicest people we met at the convention. Super awesome to talk to him. Glad he emailed in. Yeah. I, don't, I can't say enough nice things about him. If you like Spook, that's cool, too. But it sounds like you don't, so that's good. <laughs> Joe's like, I approve. Uh, let's see. I hope you and your families have great New Year's. Side note, Data's Kids cameo was very cute. Looking, for, and looking forward to you guys tackling the year of Sanderson, which uh, was, for anyone not, not in the know, that is what, uh, with the four new books and all the boxes and stuff coming out from that Kickstarter, this is the year of Sanderson is what Brandon was calling it in the Kickstarters. So. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I got my I got my ebook of uh, the new, the first book. I guess I, I don't know if we care about spoiling the title, but I, I won't say it if Data wants to say it, he can. I haven't, I haven't read any of it, obviously, but I did get to see the cover art, and uh, it's cool. I'm I'm excited for whenever we get to get to that book. I don't know how how long in our journey that will be, but uh, yeah, super excited to see the first art at least. Yeah, the cover art is very pretty, and actually, once we get into it, the art in the book itself is also very nice. I have finished the book Ooh, and recorded. Oh, cool. It, uh, cool. I've recorded uh, 21, I think it was, uh, episodes for the Patreon, and I will start posting those as soon as the Lost Metal ones are done going up. So awesome! Yeah, j- so during the, the week more, when we more got Patreon that email. Stuff coming. Listeners, during the week when we got the, that email, I messaged the chat and it's like, oh, hey, so that's come out. Like, Data, are you going to be like doing recordings for Patreon? And he just went, yep. And I was going, you already done them, haven't you? No, what you said was, you already started, haven't you? And I was like, I already finished. <laughs> <laughs> Good. How, how long is it as a book? Like, is it like uh, Lax Wayne level? Real quick length or you, uh, did you do three chapters at a time again? Urge you to more. I did do three chapters at a time. So if it's 21 episodes, 21 times three, uh, that's three, two, that's 50, 53 chapters. Uh, I can tell you exactly in a second, but I'm looking to see. Uh, give me a second. Six, seven, seven. It is. So the Bands of Mourning was 7,000 Kindle locations, almost exactly. This book is 5,600, close to 5,700. So it's. A little bit shorter than the Bands of Morning, so probably closer to you know Shadows of Self length. Okay. 
Uh, and as for how many chapters it has, let me pull it up real quick. It has 64 chapters in an episode. Ooh. So you did more than three chapters in, a, in, a, in an episode. Then. Um, maybe I'm wrong about how many I did, but I did three chapters in pretty much every episode. 21 uh, episodes by three is 63. Oh, okay. I just did the math wrong. That's my bad. Yeah, I did. I did one extra chapter at the end because I realized we had I had four chapters left and I was like, OK, well, we'll just do all four of those. And there's no point in doing well, one chapter one. Tune in for the last so that's chapter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, don't tune in for me to do math because that's not good. Well, and we all know that these chapters tend to get shorter towards the end of the book anyway because you get all Sander Lanchy, so. Yeah. Let's do one more quick email and then we can move on. It says, currently on episode 132, review included. Hey, everyone. I love the podcast. It's give, been giving me extra Cosmere to listen to while I run out of Cosmere to listen to. I include a screenshot of my five-star Spotify review, which they did too. I started listening to the Era 2 episodes of the podcast first while waiting for the Lost Metal to come out. I'll probably be listening to the Final Empire episode soon as I finally get my wife to start reading Sanderson. So I look forward to finding out exactly why there's so much Spookate. I thought he was a weirdo too, but not to the extent that Joe takes it. She reads the actual books and I listen to the audiobooks, so she doesn't get as much time as I do listening in my car and having an hour commute to and from work. Therefore, this will help bridge the gap so I don't get too far ahead during my reread. Thanks again for doing what you do. Wasn't to the time of next. And this was Taylor. And they did include a, a five-star review on Spotify. So Joe can do a thing there. Oh, nice. Your five-star review, huh? Let's see. You don't get why I hate Spook so much. I mean, do I hate Spook so much? I feel like yes. it's more I, – I think it's more hyperbole at this point. <laughs> but anyway – Regardless, let's make you. Ooh, what have I not done in a while? Let me see. I think I did a seeker pretty recently, although I like seekers. Let's do a tin eye. Spook, spook thing, sure. Yeah. Sure. We're talking about spook. Why not? I can't imagine starting on the Arrow 2 episodes and not getting any of the references to all the other crap that we've done before that. <laughs> yeah, that would be strange. You know, our podcast is somewhat linear in our. In our even in our understanding and discussion of the book, because it's like right. we, we're building on what we've already read. So, but if it works, you know, more power to you. I mean, the thing is, yeah. like, we're already talking about like secret history and stuff at the beginning of uh, of Era Two because we'd read it. So, uh, yeah, I feel like there might be some stuff that if you hadn't read Secret History before reading Era Two, that mm -hmm. of course they were saying they were rereading, uh, waiting for the Lost Metal to come out. So I guess that makes that makes it a difference. More sense. Yeah, yeah they may have read everything. Uh, we got a couple more emails, but those are, once again, for uh, future chapters. So, uh, Dak, you said you had something you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, just like a funny, sto funny story that happened like, um, over the break while we were you know, on holiday. <laughs> and out of the blue, it's like 10 o'clock at night. We're sitting around the table with some friends just chilling out, um, having a couple of drinks. And I get this message from uh, a guy I know through the theater stuff. We were doing, uh, like, he, we did Jersey Boys in School of Rock together. And he just messages me out of the blue and says, hey, have you ever read any books by Brandon Sanderson? <laughs> and I've just gone, hmm, how do I answer this? So I had to think long and hard about my about what, how I would respond to that. Short version is I think we might have a new listener somewhere, so he'll be catching up. But he's he's only just starting. He says he's only just started era one of Mistborn. I said, hey, perfect. That's where we started. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah, no, I basically... I think the original message I wrote back was like, short answer, yes, I have read these books. 
long answer. Hey, you should check out our podcast. <laughs> and he's come back like, oh, okay. But yeah, I was not expecting that. Okay, was, no, no. I just look of all the of all the things, you, like specifically all the things you could write and ask him about without having that context. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I just thought that was funny. Maybe it was, it was late at night. I'm just like, uh, oh my god, I can't believe I just got that message. <laughs> when you, when you reached yeah. across the table and showed me the message and was like, uh, <laughs> how do I answer this? It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's like, can confirm, funny. It may have I, been funnier at the time because it was out of the blue. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not as funny today. No, uh, I still think it's funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the closest I got to that was I had a date not long ago where this girl was like, uh, you know, what kind of books do you read? Uh, do you like like fantasy books? And I was like, I mean, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, you know, I have to reveal it's like, yeah, we you know, have a podcast about fantasy books. And she's like, oh, yeah. How many listeners yeah. do you have? I'm like, you know, fair number. <laughs> um, I don't want to globally. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's like this this is a weird a side trip for us to take in this conversation, right. and I'm I'm trying to not get too, I, I don't want to look too insanely obsessive. So. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, and you're not an exclusive fantasy novel reader. You read other things. Honestly, mostly fantasy, but yes, there are other things. Yeah, you've been known to pick up a non-fantasy book now and again uh, like i think fantasy and then some of the classics are some of my favorite like i don't know like uh, like dumas i love uh kind of monte cristo is probably might be my all-time favorite book and uh like three musketeers and that kind of thing but that's also sort of fantasy so yeah it's like historical uh, this fantasy. is another this is another side trip but have you been watching celebrity jeopardy at all I keep meaning to because I I like Maya Bialik and I wanted uh, and when she got the job hosting that I was like oh, I want to support that yeah. and no I haven't. There are a lot of great people on it. Will Wheaton's on there. He's great. Did did, did he win a lot of money? Uh, he did. He won a good amount of money for charity. It's still going on, so yeah. I think it comes on Thursdays. Check it out. Uh, I, I keep like I said I keep meaning to. I was I've just been watching. Yeah. I've just been rewatching The Guild. And so oh, wow. in there. So I gotcha. Uh, by the way, this podcast not sponsored by Celebrity Jeopardy or the ABC Network, but it could be. Yeah, uh, you, you let us know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So for next time, we are reading another five chapters. So that'll be 27 through 31. Uh, we are now, how far are we here? Jack or somebody mentioned that we were about a third of the way. And I think that is, yeah, we are 37% of the way through this book. So we've covered a good, a good deal of ground already. And is that, uh, is that including 31? Yes. 27 through 31. Okay, cool. No worries. Just putting my bookmarks in. Uh, so thank you. Thanks everyone who sent emails. If anyone would like to send an email, the address is the Sanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, which I haven't updated in forever. Every once in a while, I get a thing that's like, so and so has subscribed to you on YouTube. And I'm like, <laughs> I need to go back and upload some more of those episodes, huh? But uh, yeah, so someday. Find us lots of places. Leave us comments, leave us reviews, send us, no send us uh, you know, death threats, whatever you want to do. I'm not picky. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, if you don't uh, like the show, if you hate me, tell me. It's fine. I'm, I'm kind of picky. I, I just, <laughs> uh, you know, no death threats. That, Nick. <laughs> Yeah, if if you send Dak death threats uh, through me, I won't give them to him. I'll just I'll take them. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like listening to us, stop listening. That's all you have to do. 
it's death it's, threats are not necessary. It's harder than than you think sometimes. I was listening to a podcast not long ago that like I went to pick up my friend because uh, his car was out of service and we were going somewhere. And as he gets in, I'm listening to the podcast and he's like, what is this? I'm like, it's this podcast that I hate. But but I'm like, I'm, they've got like, you know, 50 episodes and I'm 25 in at this point. So I don't feel like I can stop. And uh, I, I hate Dude, it so like much. It's like a, it's like a bad girlfriend, man. You can't do that to yourself. It's like I got I, I still have like 20 CDs in her car. I can't just break up with her. I'm, I can't lose all those CDs. What am I gonna just just replace 20 CDs? That's crazy. Part I, of it was also that I ran I ran through all the podcasts that I normally listen to, and so there's a period here recently in the last couple of months where I was just looking for various things to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I don't really understand that mindset, but then I've watched all of Game of Thrones, even though I, I hated the entire second half of it. So, <laughs> no, I, I didn't take the Game of Thrones ride, man. Most I things stuck. I can stop if I hate it, like a TV show, a book. Usually uh, I'm fine, but for yeah. some reason. <sighs> OK, anyway, let's uh, thank you, everybody. Check out our Patreon if you want to hear my reactions to my first time reading through this same book that we're currently reading. Or in a couple of weeks, I'll be starting in, like I said, on Secret Project Number One uh, and uh, posting my reactions to that. So well, what I, is the what is the title? Can we know? I'd about to say probably at this point the the spoiler moratorium can be lifted on the title because it's a public like you could walk through a bookstore and see the title. So I guess I I will say it. I I have kept myself spoiler free up until. I got the book on all everything about these secret projects, including the titles. I managed to download the file and put it onto my phone without l- looking at the title of the book until I opened it up to read on the first on as I was recording. So I, I okay. I'm patting myself on the back for staying spoiler free that far. But uh, <laughs> the title is Tress of the Emerald Sea. Ooh. Ooh. Yep, and uh, the uh, the cover is actually very pretty, and I might uh, go ahead and show you guys here in a minute after we're done. But uh, So yes, that's the kind of thing happening on the Patreon if you guys want to check that out. But thank you to all our patrons, the people who want to support us. Thank you, people who send emails, and everybody who just listens to this show all the time. We appreciate all of you. Y'all are awesome. And music by Miracle of Sound, and was to the time of next. Colo? Cool.